You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's hour two of Sportsnet Today. Logan Gordon along with you. We're live in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. For our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls, they have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems or all things basement. You visit them at dlbasementsystems.com. Hour one in the books. Recapping a big road trip for the Calgary Flames. Two wins over Arizona and Vegas. Now set for six straight at home. We heard from the head coach, Ryan Huska, and the NHL second star of the week, Blake Coleman. Also checked in with our pal Emily Sadler from sportsnet.ca, chatting all things NFL. So if you missed any of it, make sure to check us out on the podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. Quick reminder, the fan feedback line always open to you. 960-960. Would love to hear from you on this Monday. Flames getting set for a six-game homestand that starts tomorrow at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome, but they just finished up what was one of the best trips of the season for them on the ice and I think off the ice as well. We talked about this Tuesday at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome as uh, the dads and mentors trip began for the Calgary Flames. Got so many great stories, so many great moments on camera and so many fun things behind the scenes and a lot of it came from our friends over at Flames TV and uh, the man behind the mic and was along with the team for that road trip is uh, Brendan Parker and he joins us now down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. Parks, how are you, man? Hey, Logan, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good, man. Uh, how shocking was the weather return for you when you got back? Yeah, it's a little abrupt. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. It's a uh, hard stop. <laughs> it was, yeah. uh, I mean, at least we, you know, we were getting updates and uh, and knew we were, we were going to get it, but it probably had already warmed up a few degrees already by the time we got back, <laughs> thankfully, even though it didn't feel like it, but... Um, a little better today, so the adjustment is uh, it, it when it's that cold and you you know it, it happens fast. You got to either get with it or stay indoors. So uh, we we caught up in a hurry yesterday for sure. Uh, it was good timing though for uh, for the dads and mentors trip, and everybody got to to go hang out. And we started feeling these vibes on Tuesday. I mentioned it hearing from from Ryan Huska and a couple of the other guys. Just the the energy that the dads and the mentors were starting to bring. And Ryan mentioned that he really thought it could be a great thing for his team and right in the middle of the grind of an NHL season. And I know we'll get more into it, man, but it sure felt like that energy was felt on the ice by the guys throughout this road trip. You were along with them. Can you kind of speak to that energy and speak to the, the kind of emotion that everyone was going through? Yeah, I think there's no question it did. And, uh, you know, it started, it started on home ice, uh, as you mentioned, I think, you know, as all the dads came in, there was obviously some buzz, some excitement um, that the trip was upcoming. And I think, you know, they fed on it on home ice and that was kind of the start of it. And then, you know, I, I think it was also an opportunity for, for all the dads, brothers and, uh, and, and one grandfather to kind of get to know each other before the road trip even started. So they were up in the suite, they got their jerseys, you know, that, that night. And, um, you know, obviously you get the big victory and, uh, you know, I think, you know, when you see goals start going in like that, the cheering happens and the high fives, I think I was joking all weekend that, uh, that, that the dads were leading the league in high fives because, uh, <laughs> they, they were, they were throwing them up top, you know, a lot early and often up in Arizona and, and then in Vegas as well. And, uh, you know, it, it was just a great dynamic. I mean, obviously, 
um, you know, as mentioned, they just the fact that they could meet a little bit ahead of time, uh, they got to know each other, uh, but it really was a great group. Uh, you had Lanny McDonald and Colin Patterson there, a couple of great Flames alumni who were along for the ride the whole weekend and kind of chauffeuring the, uh, the dads and brothers around. They were kind of in charge of the uh, uh, charge of the, the, the mentors, fathers and mentors. Players worry about the game. Obviously, they saw their, you know, their dads when uh, they weren't on the ice. But then during the game, it was uh, Patterson and McDonald, and they were unbelievable hosts and uh, honestly just a ton of laughs and uh, huge smiles. And obviously, you saw it on the, on the broadcast and, and in lots of uh, the pieces we did as well. But, um, you know, I think – there's no question that when you get into the season, especially you look back at this stretch coming out of the Christmas break and I'll, and I'll use the term break loosely because it hasn't really been much of a break. I mean, these guys played, you know, right after Christmas and there was a couple of days in between games on home ice, but then that road trip back home for one and then right back out, you know, it's, it's been a crazy schedule here to start off the new year. And I think, you know, to have them along for the ride, it really, uh, it does break it up. It really creates kind of an enthusiasm and energy that, that you can't really create otherwise. And I think for sure they fed on that and, um, and, and made good on it. Most importantly for the, for the dads, for the fathers, for the brothers, uh, they, uh, they got the uh, perfect record and an early nod on next year's trip as well. I think that was, that was, it was a little on the line for them. Yeah, sure. Sure. Makes it easier to go back to the dad's trip next year when, uh, when things go as well as it did on the road trip and, and man, it was so cool. And you guys always do such a great job. Uh, you and Dietz and everybody involved at, at Flames TV, you know, giving us, uh, you know, an inside look at some of these things. But you had so many the last couple of days, Parks, whether it was, you know, talking to, to Markstrom's brother or hearing from the dads and, you know, doing the, the pregame intros. You guys had a, a ton of different little storylines and things to follow along. Did you have a favorite moment? Did you have a favorite conversation with a dad or a mentor that you had during this trip that that you'd share with us you know there's a lot of them um and that, that's one of the things i enjoyed most is just being able to get to know them uh over the last few days and and so many good people so many great stories you know i think i think one thing that i appreciate especially you know having young kids now myself and then kind of starting their own hockey journey is listening to the different ways that you know, their sons got to the NHL. Um, you know, they're not all the same. In fact, many of them have different tales in there. And, you know, you look at somebody like Blake Coleman, you know, Rusty, uh, you know, he, he birthed that new nickname, which is outstanding, the Texas Tiger. I think that'll probably stick around for a little while. But, but outside of that, you know, just some tremendous conversation with him and just about, you know, his upbringing. And, and you know, he actually grew up in Oklahoma and you know, doesn't, didn't really know hockey really at all. He'd been to a couple of, you know, Barons games here and there, but, you know, found a home in Texas. And, you know, that, that is a unique story as we know and, and heard now from Blake about how he got into it. And obviously the stars were a big part of that, but um, you know, and then you go from, from people who are overseas and, you know, a guy like Peter Anderson, who who's actually coaching in Switzerland uh, right now, he's an assistant on Jeff Ward's staff. And so he took some time out. They were playing over the course of the dad's trip, but Peter, you know, this was important to him. And he, he made an effort uh, the last time they had a dad's trip. He came in. He could only make one game. He was the head coach at the time in Malmo. Uh, flew all the way from Sweden to get to Chicago, watched one game, and then flew home the next morning. And that just speaks to, you know, how big a deal it is to, you know, the fathers to have these chances to spend with their, their kids to understand what their day-to-day looks like. And this time it was great because Peter was there for the whole weekend and uh, got to enjoy both cities his first time seeing Vegas. And, and, you know, I, I think we forget 
the human element in some ways that, you know, you look at the schedules and what they do and, and, you know, obviously you're, you're proud. You get to watch your kids play in the NHL, but you know, the way that it's set up, I mean, you're not spending that kind of time with your kid. It's just not possible in season, you know, maybe in the off season, but, but you could see, you know, how much it meant just for both the players and the fathers to be able to have that time, um, obviously to see it behind the scenes, but, but there's dinners, you know, it's just, it's just a lot of quality time over the course of 48 hours that uh, you don't get that chance to do uh, throughout the course of a normal season. And I like how you mentioned that too, about how, you know, you probably take for granted that these guys got to spend as much time with their dads and their, and their brothers too, because for a couple of these guys, you, you know, for, for backs to hit 950 and, and pass Mark Jordan yeah. on that list for, you know, uh, for a guy like Andrew Mangiapane to hit 200 points, you know, to have that with your dad around, those are moments that don't always happen. And they got to be that much more special for those guys knowing you can see the smile on their face post game in the locker room with both those guys holding up the pucks with their dads. Like, those are just really cool moments that you just don't get during a regular season parks. Yeah, no question. And uh, even, even the, uh, the intros was great because, well, I thought we got a couple of real solid nickname candidates out of there, obviously the Texas tiger, but I thought underrated uh, coming out of the Vegas one, which maybe it still has to catch fire a little bit. I think it was Scott Weger who threw out um, the spitfire from the North. And I feel like that <laughs> didn't get enough play that, Maybe when uh, Weeks buries his next one, that uh, the Spitfire from the North could uh, could start to take hold a little bit as well. But but I thought it was awesome because you know you could see there was like a little bit of nerves too, knowing that they were going to go in there and do that. About brilliant idea by Huska and the coaching staff to include them because that created kind of the buzz that uh, you don't see very often inside the locker room. And uh, and that's three unbelievable ones in a row because uh, the Backland clan did it at home uh, for 949. And then uh, the last two have been really, really awesome. And it's been, it'll be tough to top them. I think it's going to be, you're going to have to keep searching for some, some uh, (laughs) intro, some lineup reads because those are, those are tough to beat. Yeah. Whoever's got Tuesdays has got a handful because I don't even know how you beat the Backland clan on Tuesday. And then you've got the dads doing a great job of it over the weekend. Like whoever's got Tuesday is is screwed, man. There's no way. How yeah. are you supposed to? How you, it's like following up Frank Sinatra. You're not going to be able to do it. Yeah, you might have to just go back to the. You might have to go and close the doors for a few games <laughs> and just sort of let it weather a little bit. Just let Husk handle it for the next few, and then uh, when it when the time arises, you can do it again. You'll open her back up. But uh, but for now, I'd say that was a pretty good run, and uh, maybe it'll have to be. Uh, status quo for the next few games, just to just to get it back on track. Uh, you know, eventually we get this home game, this homestand coming up for the group parks, and I'm curious how you see them being able to take some of that energy and hopefully use it at home here, because there's no. Uh, we've seen so many of it. I know Pat's got of the post game. I've seen a bunch of it on the text line. Hey, we got to extend the dad trip. Like they got to be here for this six game homestand, and we'd love to do that. But as you mentioned, all these guys have lives and they've got families and. Some of them are overseas. It's so hard to to replicate that energy, but you sure hope that they can keep some of that momentum going into this six game homestand because it's such a crucial crucial time of the year for these guys. Yeah, it really is, and I think um, you know one thing that's important to mention even is just you know I think Huska mentioned at the end of the the Vegas game that that was kind of the first time he thought he saw a little fatigue in their game. You know, some 
some mistakes that normally wouldn't happen. And, and when you look at the stretch, it makes a lot of sense. And maybe to go back to what we were talking about, the fact that it was the father's mentor strip, maybe hide, you know, hid some of that, maybe created some of that energy to generate just to get them through, you know, this ridiculous stretch to start off, you know, a brand new year. And, you know, now you probably saw a little bit. So maybe, maybe more importantly is the fact that the schedule starts to look a little bit more, uh, you know, I'm not going to say easier because there's some really good teams and obviously it's every other night, but I would say it's a little bit more manageable just in terms of you get some practice time in there. And I think more importantly, you get the day off yesterday, a practice day today, and maybe, you know, get some of that energy back in your game for, for tomorrow night against Arizona. And I think, you know, uh, Mackenzie Weger said it this morning, you know, the way that they beat Arizona in Arizona, you know that you're going to see a team that's hungry and ready to kind of do what they, uh, the Flames did to them uh, last weekend. So I, I think, I think the most important thing is the fact that you can get some rest here for a quick, quick amount of time, get some practices in and, and really continue to build. It's the first time this season, they've been two games over 500 and now you're staring at a six game homestand. And I know they don't like looking at it like that. They'll like looking at it more in one game at a time. And that's, and that's understandably so. But if you look at the stretch up ahead, there's a real opportunity for this team to continue the momentum that they've built. I mean, I think, you know, the, the whole goal was always to not just get back to 500, but start to start to make some ground on the rest of the teams and start pushing to go forward. And they've done that. They've done that with a really good stretch here uh, coming out of the break. And, and now you have an opportunity to keep it going. And you look around you, you haven't had a whole lot of help on the out-of-town scoreboard on most nights. You know, the Oilers have been able to put up points. Uh, Nashville's putting up points. Uh, you know, every team around you seems to be doing that. So the only way that you can keep pace is to keep winning games and and they've done that to this point and and now you got to keep it going and I think um, you know they've really had all the elements that you need in order to have success at this time of year you know you've you've done a pretty good job defending you've gotten outstanding goaltending from Jacob Markstrom you know your goals against have come down and then you found offense throughout your entire lineup you know you're starting to see it right now with some chemistry between Lindholm, Govich, and Huberto that's been instrumental that line uh, that's been so consistent really for almost two years now with Mangiapane back with Coleman and Backlund. They've done their part. And then, of course, you've gotten some offense from Kadri, Zeri, and Pospisil. And I think, you know, th- that combination, having three lines providing offense, defending better, and getting, you know, elite goaltending is is the combination that uh, that they've used to have some success. Now keep it going and see where it takes it. He's Brendan Parker of Flames TV joining us. Uh, fresh off Flames road trip in Arizona and Vegas, getting set uh, for the first of six at home Tuesday against the Arizona Coyotes. And uh, you mentioned it there that line with Backlund, Manjapani, and Coleman. And I, I want to ask you about Blake specifically. Uh, obviously, the Texas Tiger was cool. It was great seeing Rusty and, and hearing some of the stories from him and Blake over the years coming from a non traditional hockey market. But I'd love to get your impressions on the year that Blake's having. and Second star of the week uh, for the NHL. He's been red hot all season long. Parks, he's going to crush all of his career highs and goals and points this season. And he just feels like a guy that wanted to take on more with the group this year and has doing it, you know, in the only way that he knows how. And that's to to work his tail off and, and to be a real leader. He doesn't wear an A for this team on a you know consistent basis, but he sure feels like a, a key leader in that locker room. Yeah, there's no question he's among those, that leadership group, um, you know, whether there's a letter there or not. I, I think, you know, you look at the, the core of that, that leadership group and there, there's a number of voices in there, obviously led by the captain, Michael Backlund. And, 
Um, you know, those two together, I mean, there's a reason that pairing rarely changes, right? I mean, the, the way that they work and the details in their game, they're so consistent night in and night out. I, I don't know that you could count, you know, to switch the conversation to Blake, as you asked, uh, you know, count on more than one hand, you know, nights where he's just had an off game. I, I don't know. That, I don't know that more than one hand. I think it's, it's just the style of game that he plays. It's, it lends itself, you know, to him being one of the most consistent players all season long. And I think honestly, it's, it's a bonus that the points and the goals have been there as much as they have, because you know what you're getting from him every single night. And I think, you know, that's where it's always started with him. I know when we talked about his 500th NHL game not long ago and, um, you know, talking about the milestones that he's kind of hit along the way, you know, one of the first things that Huska said was, was the same thing. It's just that I bet you if you go back, you know, and I had a chance to ask Rusty, his dad, this, you know, was he always, always one of the hardest working guys? And I think, you know, one thing that he pointed out was just how competitive he always was. And he said, you know, even when he was a star on his teams, it was never about winning or it was never about the points at that time. Even when he was a kid, you know, it was always more upset when he would lose it was always about the winning. He's just such a competitive kid. And now that's led to a competitive guy. And you see that, I mean, you see it on his face, you see it, um, you know, after a tough loss, he, he's, re- he, he's a real leader, but also, you know, takes responsibility and, and it's really come in the form of offense this year. You know, you couldn't be happier to see, you know, the way that it's gone for him because he puts in the work, he, he's there uh, night in and night out. And, the puck's finding him right now, but he's finishing and, and it's full credit. You know, we used to joke, I think he used to joke, he, his nickname was, uh, you know, the Zamboni because he, most times his celebration uh, on the ice was after he was laying on his stomach celebrating a goal, <laughs> but it hasn't been a lot of that. There's been some nice finishes, some nice finishes around the net too. And, uh, and they haven't been all greasy. So, you know, while he's uh, known for the hardworking goals, he's full credit for, you know, the 19 that he scored this season and the, and the year that he's had to this point. Uh, last one before I let you go. How cool was it uh, for Connor Zary and Martin Pospisil on the trip? Zary was was beaming on Tuesday after the win against Ottawa about being able to go on this trip with his dad. And you know, for those two youngsters, man, we weren't talking about them very much. Pospisil and Zary at the beginning of the season, it was a lot of you know Coronado and Rusichka and some of these other young guys. And now these two youngsters probably didn't have the dad's trip on their agenda, and here they are going through this cool experience. What was it like for them, Parks? Yeah, I think I think it's a little bit. Uh, I, I, you know, you can almost sense sort of the the appreciation, and, and, I, and I think even Connor mentioned at one point that you know he knows that there's guys that's been around the league for for quite a bit longer that that was their first trip as well, and uh, the dad's first opportunity to do it. So I don't think that that fact was lost on them, um, but no question there was you know a lot of appreciation just for the opportunity to do it, and so early in their careers. Um, you know, Scott's area, you know, great guy, Saskatoon. Saskatoon product uh, actually had in common uh, both of our my brother and and he, he's a 20 year member of the Saskatoon Police Service so we had that in common chatted about that a little bit but um, you know obviously you know great great guy and 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 happy to see his son having the success that he had but you know similar to many stories uh, you know it's not not for not a surprise in that it, that he's accomplishing what he's accomplishing because he saw the work that's been put in over the course of his his young hockey career and then leading up, you know, this is a, this is a journey that goes well before the fact that they step on NHL ice. And, you know, nobody sees that more than the parents, the brothers, and and in some cases, the grandfathers. And I think 
you know, that's the one thing that really stands out is just, you know, they see all those long extra hours, the workouts, you know, the pucks through walls, the dryers or whatever it might be. And I think, you know, that's the part that, that you, you kind of remember the most is that they, they saw the work go in and for, for the parents, yeah, there's a lot of pride there for sure, but there's also, you know, a few stories where they, they just saw that, that something extra they were willing to put in every day. And, and that's why they are where they are. And I think, you know, that's kind of cool, but, but there's no question the pride stands out the most, just being able to sit there in, in Arizona or in Vegas and watch them in the morning skate, watch them in the meetings. And then, and then eventually on NHL ice in person, uh, along with a bunch of other dads and brothers who are uh, feeling that same sense of pride. Uh, Parks, great stuff as always, man. I really appreciate you taking some time out uh, to share some stories with you. You guys did a great job, as always, giving us a cool uh, behind-the-scenes and coverage of the team out on the road. Uh, glad you're home safe. Uh, I look forward to seeing you at the Dome this week, pal. Yeah, I appreciate it, bud. I'll just give one more uh, a little shout-out to our videographer, to uh, Alex Clark, who uh, is compiling a nice little uh, behind-the-scenes peek uh, as we speak. That'll probably be up on our channels here later today. It's a little bit more of a... Uh, of an overall kind of mini doc kind of perspective of what it all looked like from uh, start to finish. So watch for that later on today. Looking forward to it, Parks. Take care, pal. Thanks, bud. Brendan Parker joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, the host of Flames TV, giving you some great uh, behind the scenes stuff on the dad's trip views that you don't get anywhere else. And uh, some great stories from Parks. Really appreciate him uh, taking some time for us to, to dive into some of those and, um, you know, there's only so much time during the broadcast to, to talk about these stories. And there's so many, there's, you know, from Tim Markstrom, Jacob's brother being around to, to the fun stories with Rusty Coleman. You saw the dads doing the intros and, uh, they hit up top golf in Vegas and they had just a, a blast and you can't always, you know, in, in 60 minutes uh, of hockey, you can't always get all those stories out. So I appreciate parks taking some time to, just join us and share us some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that we saw over what was a really successful dad's trip uh, for the Calgary Flames. We will take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll take a look ahead to this six-game homestand for the Calgary Flames. We'll also get you up to date on all the scores happening across the league right now. It is Martin Luther King Day in the United States, so we got hockey all day long. We've got a couple of finals uh, scores to get you to. That, uh, when Sportsnet Today comes back for the final segment, it's next on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, we are wrapping up the hour here on Sportsnet today. Lots to get to before we finish out on this Monday. Lots of live sports happening. Martin Luther King Day in the United States means we've had hockey all day long in the NHL. We're just about to kick off in snowy Buffalo with the Steelers and the Bills in an AFC playoff matchup. It looks putrid. Fans are still digging their way to their spots in Buffalo where it's still snowing. Uh, so that one just set to kick off as the Steelers and Bills meet. Still got the Eagles and Bucks coming your way a little bit later on as well. Uh, before we get out of here, we will head to the Flames locker room one more time here from defenseman Mackenzie Weger following the Flames road trip. They're on a three-game winning streak as they welcome in Arizona on Tuesday. And we'll also get the latest from Elliot Friedman, his 32 Thoughts podcast and uh, his headline segment on Saturday night. Uh, lots on Jacob Markstrom and his future with the Calgary Flames. So we'll dive into that as the 
Final segment rolls on here. Let's get you some scores from the NHL ice this afternoon. Finishing up in Buffalo, Sabres down the Sharks 3-0. Casey Middlestad, Alex Tuck, and Jordan Greenway all scoring. That's the same score in Boston. Bruins down the Devils by a 3-0 score. Charlie Coyle, David Pasternak, and Trent Frederick scoring. Blue Jackets upset the Canucks 4-3 in a shootout. Ducks over the Panthers in overtime as well. 5-4, your final score. Alex Kalorn with the OT winner for Anaheim. Another 3-0 score. Penguins 3, Kraken nothing. Two goals for Sidney Crosby in the win, his 25th and 26th of the season. Right now on Sportsnet 1, midway through the second period, you can watch the Kings and the Hurricanes. They're tied at one apiece. And then still to come this afternoon, the Islanders are in Minnesota to take on the Wild. Predators taking on the Golden Knights. Sportsnet will cover the Avalanche and the Montreal Canadiens at 5 o'clock. And then at 6 o'clock tonight, it's the Flyers and the St. Louis Blues to close out a 10-game schedule in the NHL. Of course, the Flames, they're back in action on Tuesday when they welcome the Arizona Coyotes for the first of six at the Scotiabank Saladome, including back-to-back one anthem nights this week. Toronto is in town on Thursday. You know, there will always be a strong contingent of Maple Leaf Blue on Thursday. we got the Battle of Alberta on Saturday against the Red Hot Edmonton Oilers, and then next week, St. Louis is in town. Johnny Gaudreau and the Columbus Blue Jackets are in town. And fingers crossed, I don't want to get anybody's hopes up too much, especially because there was a texter that mentioned buying tickets for this game. But next Saturday, the 27th, the Chicago Blackhawks are in town. Of course, Connor Bedard is out right now with a broken jaw. But a couple reporters in Chicago have noticed uh, Connor Bedard out skating in the last couple of days for the Chicago Blackhawks. So potentially an opportunity for him to get back in the lineup for the Blackhawks sooner than later. Maybe he will be in the lineup for that game in two weeks' time uh, against the Calgary Flames. He's got 12 days. So if you bought tickets to that game hoping to see Connor Bedard, uh, the first overall pick in the NHL draft, Make his uh, Calgary debut at the Blackhawks. Maybe, just maybe, you might get lucky. Don't want to promise anything, but uh, many in Chicago have taken notice of number 98 back out uh, skating as he tries to come back from that broken jaw. Uh, Let's drive back into the Flames locker room. Mackenzie Wieger, uh, last to do media today. We heard from head coach Ryan Huska and Blake Coleman earlier. Let's check in. With the Flames defenseman following a successful two-game road trip, a three-game winning streak for the Flames. The dad's trip was a big success, and now uh, the Flames focusing in on six straight on Saddle Dome ice. Here's Mackenzie Wieger following practice on Monday. Mackenzie, it seems like you guys as a defensive unit, I mean, have really found some chemistry, especially with your top four, mm-hmm. you know, with you and Raz and Noah and Tony. I mean, just, if you could, just, just speak to just – the confidence you guys are playing with this unit uh, and, and just, you know, the, the trust you have. With it. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, it's all 60, even 70. It's not just us four, but, um, you know, we have a great group back there. Um, you know, we, 
you know, even last year and going into this year, it's you know we know how elite we are. Um, you know, the confidence um, is there and the chemistry is there. I know, <clears throat> you know, when Z was here, it was you know just trying to figure out you know some lines and and whatnot. But now you know everything's set. Uh, you know, Ras and I, Tanny, Hanny, and you know Gilbert, Desi, or uh, Oyster, or whoever it is. But we just we're just trying to play consistent every single day. And um, you know, I've talked about talked about it many times this year. Is just trying to be threats out there. Um, you know, whether it's you know getting up in the play and scoring a goal, or you know making a good outlet pass to one of our forwards. It's just been. Um, you know, it's been going our way right now. Um, we have to stay consistent. And, um, you know, we feel that when we play good uh, back there, you know, usually um, the rest of the team sort of falls behind. So we're all talk about the, uh, the vibe, the, the feel coming off that trip and how important it is to carry that over into the six-game set. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, you know, obviously it's two important games for us against two, you know, elite teams, you know, especially in our division. Um, you know, it was great having the dads there. It made it, you know, a little extra special. And, um, you know, now we just got to stay consistent, stay with it, take it day by day. Um, you know, we're facing, you know, Arizona that we already we just previously faced and they're going to come in here and, you know, they're not going to be pretty pleased with, you know, how we won that game uh, in Arizona. So we're going to get their best. We know that. But, you know, where we're at right now, we feel confident in our group and um, we just got to stay that consistent hockey. When you start six straight at home, and do, do you look at it as a homestand or are you pretty dialed on making sure it's just one at a time right now? Yeah, it's just one at a time. Obviously, it's great being here at home. It's obviously an important, you know, part of the schedule for us knowing that we have, you know, six home games here and, um, you know, we want to play, you know, solid at home. We want to make it a tough building to come into you know leading up into the playoffs we want teams to you know know that it's going to be a tough place to play but we just got to take it you know game by game um, you know not get too ahead of ourselves but it's, a, it's an important part of the schedule for us for sure yeah you know we, we can't really focus on that uh, we can't get distracted by that we, we've done a great job at not getting distracted by you know standings and whatnot obviously um, you know coaches and you know we're obviously going to obviously keep an eye on it but we just got to focus on our game uh, we can't drop a game either these are important games and we want to stay in that hunt and eventually you know get that wild card spot or, or more earlier in the season it felt like every game we were asking us third period comebacks the, the other team yeah. was scoring first and you guys would say like yeah they're fun but it's not what yeah. we want to do and now yeah, they're scoring first like in most games at this point has that like what what has gone into making that happen uh, I think just, you know, our focus and preparation maybe before games, um, knowing that, you know, I think a, an important piece sorry, uh, is that the first five minutes of the game or first five minutes of each period and then the last five minutes of each period. Uh, we focus on that. We've done a great job at that, but it's a long year. You know, you're going to win games differently. Uh, you're going to go through different stretches of, you know, coming from behind or, you know, having the lead and closing a game out. But I think right now, you know, having the lead and closing it out shows we've been matured, you know, over the season, and, and that's been a goal of ours. What's that word? Sorry, it does just speak to the fact that you just kind of identified a problem and fixed it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, it speaks on, you know, the leadership group, the coaching staff, you know, the young guys stepping up. Uh, it's been, you know, everybody's, you know, well aware of situations that we need to clean up and fix. And uh, it shows that we're coachable. Um, you know, we have character guys in the room. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, uh, it's impressive. I, I think we face a lot of adversity this year, but, you know, the guys in here, it's such a great 
group of guys, and everybody just wants to win so badly. And um, you know, we're we're trying our best, you know, to fix things and clean things up and keep this thing rolling. What's uh, uh, where are examples of Jacob's leadership? You guys talk constantly about how big a a cultural part he is. Like, what are examples of Markstrom being a leader? How that's rubbed off on I mean, he's yeah, he's loose. Uh, you know, he's obviously a competitor. He you know he gets upset when you score on him in practice. Um, you know, he provides that competitive atmosphere, guys. You know, uh, you're, you know you're going to get your best from him. But also, you know, I'd say, you know, maybe one of the things that you could say is when we block a shot. <clears throat> Uh, you know, when we go down and we get hurt or whatever, he'll come back and, you know, he'll say, oh, yeah, that was going in, good block shot. But it probably wasn't going in. But he always there to make you feel better, uh, pick you up. Uh, but he's, he's just a competitor. He wants, wants to win badly. Um, and he's just he's done a hell of a job. You know, this last stretch when we've been winning games, he's, he's a, definitely a huge reason why. But, um, you know, we're lucky to have him. Are there other differences between last season and this season in commitments? Oh, you know, I don't think so. His personality, I mean, that I've seen has stayed the same. Um, you know, I've, I've never, obviously, I've never played goalie. I don't know what that position's like. It's obviously, it can get, I'm sure, pretty tough some nights and, and, and whatnot. But he's always stuck with it. It just shows that he's a true professional. He's a leader. Um, you know, and I think maybe last year we got a little too loose with him. You know, the decor maybe has tightened it up for him a little bit. Um, but but he's, he's seeing pucks, uh, and he's confident. There you go. That's Mackenzie Weger checking in the locker room on after a practice day for the Calgary Flames on Monday, of course, getting set for six straight at the Scotiabank Saddledome, bringing the latest from the Flames uh, as soon as we get it here on every edition of Sportsnet today. And lots of there from Mackenzie Weger at the end on Jacob Markstrom, who's been outstanding for the Calgary Flames this season and really turned it on since coming back from that finger injury and, um, I think you know Saturday against the Vegas Golden Knights, a, a pretty perfect example of just how good he is for this team, and gives you a chance to win every single night, even when you don't bring your best. And his numbers, his play, certainly reflect more of um, you know the Jacob Markstrom that we've seen uh, for the majority of his time here in Calgary, even reminiscing you know on days of when he was the Vesna runner-up. Now up to a 9-12 save percentage. His goals against is at a 2-5-9. That's way more along the lines of what we've seen from Jacob his entire career, and uh, rightfully so, most of his career here in Calgary as well. And while the Flames are sort of in this interesting point in their season and the three major UFAs still remain unsigned uh, with Jacob playing so well, naturally... I think you've uh, started to assume that teams have taken notice. Other teams around the league have taken notice and have perhaps wondered about the availability of Jacob Markstrom. And for a certain segment of uh, Flames fans that want to go in a perhaps newer direction, a younger direction, um, perhaps selling an asset at uh, peak time becomes interesting. And uh, it's caught the ear, of course, of our NHL insider from Hockey Night in Canada and Sportsnet, uh, Elliot Friedman. He uh, discussed a bit about the future and what it might look like for the Calgary Flames and Jacob Markstrom as he uh, generates more interest around the league, perhaps for a couple of contending teams looking for goaltending help. Here's uh, Elliot Friedman on Markstrom from his Saturday headlines on Hockey Night in Canada. 
Number one, I don't believe they've gone to him with anything, any possibility of what could happen. Number two, he has a no-move clause. And as the birthday boy, Kelly Rudy always argues, no one with a no-move clause should be even asked if they can have it moved or be traded. And I, from what I understand, Calgary has a very high bar here in terms of they're not going to bother Markstrom with just anything. It would have to be something massive for them or somewhere they absolutely believe Markstrom would want to go before they would even consider going to him. So I think that's where things stand with Markstrom and the Flames. That's Elliot Friedman. And if that's indeed the approach that the Calgary Flames are taking with Jacob Markstrom, I think it's dead on from Flames management. I don't think the goal should be to move Jacob Markstrom when he's playing that well. And look, he has a say in this, as Elliot mentioned, with a full no-move clause. So don't bother him with the little day-to-days or if, say, I don't don't mean to <laughs> to take a shot at a team like Columbus, but I'll, I'll use them as an example. If Columbus came calling, I think it's pretty easy for Jacob to go, eh, I'm not going to pack things up with a young family and, and head over to Columbus in a trade. But as many people have mentioned, if you're New Jersey or if you're Carolina – and you feel as though you're on the cusp of being a true playoff contender, you'd probably be silly not to call the Calgary Flames and at least inquire about Jacob Markstrom. But if you're the Calgary Flames, you also understand he's playing incredibly well for your group. He has full say in where he goes. So why would you bother him if it wasn't A, an offer that you were likely to accept if you're the Calgary Flames and B, from a team that he's likely to even consider going to with his full no-move clause. So that's kind of been the latest on Marshall. I think it's the perfect approach if you're the Calgary Flames. Um, He's playing great. He's uh, at $6 million a year. It's by no means um, an exorbitant contract or anything that holds the Flames back from doing anything. But yeah, he is 33 years old, and Dustin Wolf is in the system. And if somebody blows your socks off with an offer, you'd be doing yourself a disservice by not approaching it and by not, you know, bringing it to Jacob. Again, he has the final say in all of this, but that doesn't mean that Craig Conroy can't or shouldn't answer the phone when somebody calls about him. And, and, you know, because perhaps you might be selling Jacob Markstrom at a time where his value is never higher to other teams than it is right now. And if it includes a package of young players and draft picks, it, it might be hard for Craig Conroy to say no to that. But at the end of the day, understanding that Jacob holds so much control in this situation, you know, sending the message out to, to other teams and to uh, insiders like Elliot and Frank and, and, and all the other guys that, Hey, we're not even going to have this conversation. If you're not a team that Jacob would consider going to, or if the offer isn't something that we would even come close to accepting, I, I think it's just the perfect way to play this. If you're the Calgary flames. And I think that's a good approach to take for a lot of their players going forward, not just, with Jacob Markstrom, with other guys um, as well. Like, hey, if, we're, if a guy's playing well, well, we'll take calls, we'll take offers, but if you're not prepared to pay the price for it, especially with a guy with a no-move clause, we're not going to have much of a conversation. And for the Calgary Flames, uh, the price right now would be pretty high for a guy who, like I mentioned, uh, is sitting at a 9-12 save percentage and a 2-5-9 goals against average with a couple years left on his contract. If if New Jersey or Carolina or one of those teams that I mentioned comes calling, 
the the offer would have to be significant for the Flames, I think, to even bring it up with Jacob Markstrom. And uh, that's just how well he's playing right now uh, for the Flames. And that's uh, kind of the latest that Elliot's brought. Uh, That was, of course, from Saturday Night's Headlines, uh, part of Hockey Night in Canada. Elliot does that every Saturday on the broadcast. We're putting a bow on the show here. I can tell you right now, the Buffalo Bills, not affected by the weather, their first drive, uh, successful one. Dawson Knox caught, uh, catches a touchdown pass from uh, Josh Allen. Nine-yard touchdown pass gives the Bills a 7-0 lead. Steelers uh, right now on their second drive. Haven't been able to do much uh, so far with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. The field is clear of any snow. The stands uh, filling out pretty good. Still packed with snow in Buffalo, but uh, for the most part, the field looks like it's in pretty decent condition all things considered for this uh, January playoff game between the Steelers and the Buffalo Bills. Bills leading 7 nothing again. Still to come this evening, Eagles and the Buccaneers. Uh, it's Adnan Verks Eagles versus Pat Steinberg's Buccaneers. 6-15 kickoff for that matchup uh, in the NFC. So still lots of NFL football to get to this uh, on this Monday. NHL scores, of course, from uh, a busy day on Martin Luther King Day south of the border. Games underway right now include the LA Kings and the Carolina Hurricanes. They got about two minutes left to go in the second period. They're tied at one. You can watch that game on Sportsnet 1. The Sportsnet Television Network uh, will cover the Avalanche and the Montreal Canadiens a little bit later on tonight. That's a 5 o'clock start and should mention with Colorado heading into this game, uh, big news from them today. Valerie Nachushkin is uh, being... Uh, put into the NHL and NHLPA player assistance program. Uh, he has released a statement this afternoon um, as well uh, about uh, the um, situation going on right now, and I'll uh, read it to you here. <clears throat> this from Avs forward uh, Valerie Nachushkin. Quote, I have made the decision to seek help and enter the player assistance program. My goal is to address my issues and prevent any negative outcomes once and for all. I want to thank my wife and family, my friends, the Avalanche organization, and all of our fans for their support and understanding. I will do everything I can to get back on the ice and join my teammates as soon as possible. And to quote that from uh, Valerie Nachushkin as uh, he has entered the player assistance program for the uh, foreseeable future. As usual with those kind of uh, situations, they are always um, indefinite. No timeline ever put on those sort of things, and um, that's a big blow for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, He's having a great season for them. Just came back from injury as well, but he's been red hot for them. 40 games played this season. He's got 42 points, already at 22 goals on the season, but he is uh, out indefinitely, and hopefully uh, we'll get the help that he needs uh, by going into the players' uh, assistance program as well. So. Uh, That's the latest going around the uh, NHL and the NFL with live action uh, this afternoon. If you missed anything we had on the program today, uh, Emily Sadler joined us from sportsnet.ca chatting about the four NFL games we saw this weekend and her uh, wildcard takeaways are up at sportsnet.ca plus Flames TV host uh, Brennan Parker joined us with some great stories and insight from the dad's trip uh, for the Calgary Flames. Uh, You can catch most of it. Uh, up at uh, calgaryflames.com or on their social feeds, Parks and the crew, uh, Dietrich and everybody else doing a really great job 
I've given you guys some really cool behind-the-scenes uh, stuff, so make sure you check out all their socials for that. But if you want to check out some of the stories that uh, Parker had for us today, uh, you can do so on the podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. Would love to have you along for the ride. Tomorrow we get set for a Flames game day. It's the Flames and the Arizona Coyotes, the first of six. Looking forward to it uh, later this afternoon. You got Real Kipper and Bourne coming your way. Steinberg will join you for another edition of Flames Talk this evening. And uh, we'll get you set for the Flames and the Arizona Coyotes. Stay warm on this Monday. Temperatures are getting better, but they're still uh, not warm yet. So stay warm. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Enjoy some hockey. Enjoy some football. We'll check in with you tomorrow on a Flames game day here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan.